Hey there, this is Jason and Paul, and we encourage you to follow us on Instagram at stateofloveandtrust underscore pod, where we can continue the conversation with you. Thanks for listening. And now, let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi. And alongside me, as always, is... Paul Gilliari. There he is. There's the that's guy. The that's the guy. But that's, no, that's well, that's a guy. That's a guy. the guys play for the Atlanta Braves baseball team centered in Atlanta, Georgia. How happy are you, friend? 22 years since my bravos made it to the big dance the old mm-hmm. series that apparently tells you whether or not you are the best baseball team in the world despite the fact that we're not playing anybody from japan <laughs> well toronto like i mean yeah kind of counts so, so <laughs> the north a, american series yeah it's it's a tiny little uh you know look, look, let's just throw a team in canada and call it world <laughs> the continental u.s series there you go come hey, on man. down it, it, it's it, it's exciting you guys knocked uh you knocked the dodgers out so we did when listening as a dodger fan i'm i'm sorry that i'm not sorry for you yeah but you are not sorry i am not sorry. as you wear giants my regalia <laughs> exactly well, exactly oh yeah I'm, go braves I'm, buddy i'm, I'm rooting for you right guys now. you know at, at, on launch day it is uh game one of that series in houston here's my thing I don't want to go too far down the old baseball path here for the people that don't care about baseball. Well, Eddie's but, a Cubs fan. And if you like Eddie, then by proxy, you must like baseball a little bit, right? Sure. Ipso facto. And uh, I would say if you uh, are an honorable person, then you would detest their adversary, the Houston Astros. And uh, you'd be rooting against them. And therefore, by virtue of the deductive properties, is that right? I don't know. How yeah. Actually, uh, then you would be rooting for the Atlanta Braves. And um, are, are, are you against being brave? No. Who, who is against being brave? The Houston Cowards. <laughs> is, that, is that who they're playing? Might as well be. Anyway. Sports. Well, if you're a Dodger fan, you're furious right now. Yeah. Was that a segue? <gasps> Ooh. We have a new series of podcasts, friends. We said, you know, we've had a lot of topics on this show. And uh, one thing that is a little bit more modern um, would be the playlist. The playlist, you know, as as um, iTunes and Spotify and Apple Music and celebrity playlists. Yeah. We're not really celebrities, but we're going to try to uh, we're, we're going to try to impersonate celebrities today. I'm going to celebrity in my own mind. There you go. So whatever that means, yeah. but playlists mean you get a theme, you get a motif and you throw some songs that really fit the mood, right? Fit the vibe as the kids say the vibes. Hashtag yeah. So vibe. like, so for, for example, Hey, what is a Pearl Jam driving playlist? Mm-hmm. Right. And so That'd then be you an go example. through the catalog. Yep. Now you did set uh, some parameters though. You said, Paul, uh, let's go EP style. So yes. we're not going to go 12, 15, 25 songs. Let's just keep it to that nice, comfortable ep zone 30 so, minutes or less yeah that's so what the, are we that's talking like only five to seven songs well depending on how long the songs are my friend oh yeah it's true it's true i will tell you i don't have five to seven songs 
Okay. So you- because I had a I had a big list and I had to pare it down. I said, how do I get under 30 minutes? Wow. So we're about to find out. Now, the thing is, is that there are many, 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 many moods that one could uh, make a playlist around. Hell, you could have a playlist about how much you hate turtles. Now, I don't know why you would, but perhaps you just really hate those fucking turtles. And you want (laughs) to talk about or listen to songs that talk about how much you hate them. And um, maybe not so much the turtles themselves. That'd be very specific. But you know what? Maybe you get this rage inside of you, this fury, and you just really want to commiserate or find something to really kind of help your your anger many many posts in that world wouldn't wouldn't that be right yeah well and here's the thing you might say well pearl jam isn't necessarily the band i'd go to i might go for some pantera i might go for some uh some metallica some uh uh rage miley cyrus miley 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 cyrus abba (laughs) i don't know how you get down (laughs) All right, that's it. I'm casting my hook into the pond, and I am reeling you in here. Okay. So this week, we've chosen our first playlist. And, well, I asked you, I said, what do you want to go with? And you said? Fury and rage. Fury and rage, or rage and fury, whatever, you know, tickles your fancy first. So we've gone with rage and fury. That's the first playlist. Um, You could almost kind of think of this as a a retracking episode, but the whole album, the whole albums, the whole catalog is open um, for you to choose from. The only stipulation is it's got to do it in 30 minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So would you like to go first, Paul? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can go first. Oh, all right, sir. Yeah. Hit me with your best shot. So now, I- we, no, we, I did say, sorry to cut you off. I did say it would be cool if we could do an order. And maybe maybe a reason why you might go from one to the other. It doesn't have to be, but it could be nice to create some sort of um, from one to the next kind of thing if you wanted yeah. to. No, I'm down with that. Cool. Okay, so I think uh, for the first track here, I'm going to go with Once. Mm. I think it, it personifies Fury to me. It, it, it is the quintessential rage song for the Pearl Jam catalog. I mean, I, I mean just it, it, the way he sings the second verse is just rage-fueled. And uh, obviously the, the subject matter of the track certainly lends itself well to this theme. I mean, you, you have a, a sociopathic lunatic, basically, with <laughs> on the loose, and uh, he has lost control of himself. He no longer has the ability to self-regulate. And when you lose the ability to regulate and you succumb to uh, your, your, your baser instincts and, and you let the animal out, then here we go. You know who doesn't have that problem? Regulating? Uh, oh boy. Warren G. Warren G, friend. baby. <laughs> Sorry, that was, too, that was terrible. Keep going. <laughs> you said regulate. I haven't heard that word in forever, so I'm like, you know what? We we, we both called that Carry on. at the same time, though. Okay, so that that would be. Uh, am I going through my full list here? The whole list. Okay, so that that would be my my first track. <clears throat> I would follow that up with our our podcast namesake, the State of Love and Trust, mm. which which I think does a a marvelous play, if you will, on uh, the. The dichotomy and the struggle between wanting to feel understood and heard, the, the, the truth, busting down the pretext, if you will, to or pretense, pretext, but pretense, I always mix those two, 
versus this this desire for uh, retribution, if you will, right? And so you, you you have this this love and trust and, and that state in between where, where you're just torn in between, and, and and the delivery of the vocals in the in the track, I think, encapsulate the type of rage that would befit an EP like this. In addition to that, I think the music it just it it cuts. It cuts. <laughs> so there you go. So that would be my, my okay. second track. I like it. <clears throat> now, mind you, once is only three minutes and 52 seconds. And uh, I forget how long State of Love and Trust. Now it's under four. It's under four, yeah. So that brings me to, to Jeremy here. Okay, now that's, it's, it's, it's a little bit more than five and a half minutes yep. long. But if that song isn't the tragedy of rage and fury then i don't know what is and so on, on one hand you, you have the blind fury encapsulated with in, yeah encapsulated with with once and then you have the tragedy that is what happens when fury goes unchecked within youth and and jeremy i think does a wonderful job of of painting the portrait of alienation and and how so often young people will channel that frustration the battle between um uh, the self and the ego, this desire to want and to need, but at the same time, the unfulfilled and unrequited uh, desire to want and need. Because when you're young, you're, you're, you'll give those things to others, but oftentimes with the caveat that you're somehow getting that in return. You know what I mean? Unconditional mm -hmm. is, is a mm -hmm. hard concept to wrap your head around when you're 15 or 16. And so you have this subject in the song who devolves into basically just a ball of fury and walks into a classroom and we know the rest from there. I mean, we're, we're not going to deconstruct the song again. I, I think we've, we've done that quite a bit. We actually have an episode in the catalog where we had a guest that assisted us with a review of this song. And um, I think that one, I can't imagine a compilation of fury and rage songs by Pearl Jam with this one absent from it. From there, I would go into Blood, which, which is more of a personalized account of, of the anger and fury of being overexploited. And I think Eddie does a, a marvelous job in this particular track of doing that in ways that other songs of that similar vein, songs like In My Tree, uh, even to a certain extent Lucan, that they, they just don't quite have the same degree of, of angst and fury that a song like Blood does. Uh, I would then, I'm going to skip around here, but I, I'm actually going to go from, I'm going the order of the albums, by the way. I would actually leap from verses all the way to binaural at this point, because I don't think mm -hmm. the albums in between feature the kind of tracks that really fit this type of thematic content for me. Uh, but Rival does. And, and I think Ooh, what makes yeah. Rival such a great fit on this EP is the fact that it's very much a, I don't want to call it a sequel to Jeremy, but it's it's a sister song in a lot of ways. Uh, it's it's very much connected to the, the Columbine shootings, and I think that in the same vein of of youth feeling misunderstood and that angst and that fury misguided on so many levels that we couldn't possibly get into on this show, you have the narrator or the subject essentially, you know, pointing the weapon at, in a different direction which yeah. makes it all the more tragic. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I would go rival here. Then I would move on here to the, the fifth track would be Worldwide Suicide. Mm. 
So we're, we're now on to avocado. And I think that when Eddie directs his sights, when he, when he points the sights of his, his, his vocal pistol at face. Wow, vocal pistol. His vocal pistol. It seems to bring out, it, it, it's a trigger finger for him. It, he can't seem to, to, there are not a lot of songs where he tackles the hypocrisy of, of I don't want to say hypocrisy of faith because that's not what it is. The hypocrisy of organized faith structures mm-hmm. that he feels have failed society or that do not represent the ideals and principles by which they stand. Okay, so <clears throat> a song like Worldwide Suicide really paints a picture of of that 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 cultish submission into something that is just laced with hypocrisy. And I think that there is an anger there that's very very present in that song. And if you look at the the lyrical content, I want to say he's on the record as saying that he, he was thinking about Pat Tillman and, and a lot of the uh, Iraq war veterans mm-hmm. and, and the many folks who were kind of pulled into these different uh, conflicts. And, and it, it's just raging against so many different issues that were very, very uh, present and at the forefront within our country at the time. So I think Worldwide Suicide is, is one of the great later Pearl Jam tracks that carries the mantle of fury that we saw in songs like Blood and, and Jeremy, but it, it's interesting because it's really, it moves away from that, the, the personal isolated account, and it really focuses on a, on a broader spectrum here. Uh, from there, I would move into Mind Your Manners, and this is where I would end the EP. And I think Mind Your Manor, Manners, pardon me, on Lightning Bolt, uh, first of all, it, it, it's a punk song uh, in, in the vein of a Dead Kennedys track, but it does a really, really nice job of taking those those same ideas that we saw on Worldwide Suicide and that we see on other Pearl Jam tracks as well. And it just kind of channels them all into this uh, play on hypocrisy. But it's always delivered with this sardonic, angry, just furious delivery. And I think Mind Your Manners does a wonderful job of that. So every single one of these tracks pretty much tackles to me the things that for lack of a better way of phrasing it, just rankle the ire <laughs> of uh, of every Pearl Jam member. So th- th- that would be my EP. So I'm going to run it through again. State of Love and Trust, Once, Jeremy, Blood, Rival, Worldwide Suicide, and we would cap it off with Mind Your Manners. I think we're under 30 minutes here. You got to be, yeah. Thanks in good part to the two-minute Two minute and fifty second blood. So that that helps. Two minute and fifty second. Is that how long blood is? I think that's all it is. No. Is it that can't be. Let me double check. Furiously looking up the uh blood. Oops. Blood. No, you're right. Holy shit. Oh, that's yeah, short. Yeah, it is. It 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 hits. Wow. Comes at you fast and furious. It does. Yeah. All right. I, I like that list. Uh, I will say we have uh, maybe a couple that are the same and definitely a few that are not. That's so uh, I'm going to go right into mine. I'm going to start things off with Go. I thought about that one. I'm going to go with Go. Uh, a ripping song about abuse um, as, as much as this theme of verses. It's biting. It's fast. It's relentless. I mean, those solos. Anything more rageful uh, and furious than those solos. It's just incredible energy. And I think the beat absolutely rips. It's got that classic Eddie snarl to it. Yeah. What a way to start verses and what a way to start this furious playlist. 
So I, I love that kind of hitting it. It's under three minutes as well. One um, of the fastest paced songs in the Pearl Jam catalog. Yeah. So I, for me, that had to lead things off. It does go into uh, once for me. Um, what do we do to abusers? Well, man, revenge is a real motherfucker. And immediately we're answering the question posed by Go in a similar way to how it responds to Alive and Mama Son. So another incredibly energetic song with a really sharp main riff, um, massive soaring vocals, as you mentioned uh, in yours, uh, in the chorus, and that frenetic outro really kind of nails home uh, the fury and the anger in, in this song. So for me, one, two, go into once made a lot of sense. I want to keep things uh, up tempo with why go. Another lunge into chaos with the drum beat and Jeff's angry bass line. And another song of the abused lashing out at the people that put them in that spot. But this maybe like a slightly healthier turning point um, than actual revenge. Simply the acknowledgement that they have a choice and that they choose to simply stay away from the abusers is at least a, a positive um, overtone to a song that's still very much rageful. From there, we're going to go into whipping. Now, you can't go home and you may not want to stay here and that meaning society. You know, if things were bad at home, then they're not much better out here in the, in the real world. And this one alludes to themes in a later song that I'll mention. But the punch and the aggression continue. Uh, I've always really enjoyed how raw this song sounds on Vitalogy. Uh, I think our, our live cut was from Chicago 95, and there was definitely some rage in that cut. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea, the, again, the idea of being abused physically and emotionally doesn't necessarily equal how the most powerful in our society abuse us uh, sometimes. But for many, there is no way to win. So the end result can can be a similar feeling of futility. And I think the title of the song, it's not literal here, but man, is it applicable. So it, it fits the cake, uh, fits the, uh, the mold for me here. So moving on from whipping, we're going into animal. Temple and aggressive nature, still at a 10. Another story of abuse. Got a theme going on here. If you're not pissed off yet, I'm not really sure what's going on with you. But uh, the concept (laughs) (laughs) that you'd rather be with a dangerous animal than the human who did the abuse to you, strong words. Always thought those were really strong words, uh, even as simple as they might seem. However, at least there is a slight bit of hope here. Because at the beginning, at the end, there is this, um, this bookend of hope, I guess you could say. Because there's five against the one strength in numbers so there's again for me i've got to buoy this 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 fury this rage this this hatred towards the other with some lines some through lines of hope and positivity otherwise i feel like we just completely descended the chaos here (laughs) from there (laughs) we're going into mind your manners um you you hit it really really well not all abuse to stay on my theme here is is physical um and I mentioned a little bit in whipping as well. The abuse of the mind through indoctrination and false beliefs is powerful, very, very powerful. And I, I'm not—I can't say that religion is is only bad, but what religion has been used to do negatively is great in power and numbers. And maybe we should believe in ourselves uh, more than something we cannot know with evidence. So it it, it poses another question about um, looking inward for strength rather than outward, uh, outward, outward. 
So again, another bit of tiny bit of hope in uh, amongst the sardonic, um, angry lyrics that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. From there, I'm going to do the evolution. Speaking of evidence, <laughs> speaking of committing atrocities in the name of arrogance, how about this one? Yeah, the uh, the haves and the have-nots. I mentioned, I alluded to this on earlier in Whooping. The haves and the have-nots, wasting the land and the meek. You know, greed, selfishness, and the absolute neglect, uh, if not outright active destruction of anyone and anything to further one's agenda, it's despicable. And uh, uh, the music doesn't, doesn't necessarily match the content of the lyrics, but I think that that almost, the music is almost sarcastic in nature because it's kind of bouncy and the riffing is pseudo joyful, but it's sarcastic. And and it really kind of propels you into this just really negative headspace of like, what the fuck are we doing? This one planet that we have, who who are we letting divide us and split us that's that always infuriated me uh, since the day i listened to that song back in 98 from there i'm going to touch on a theme that you mentioned twice glorified g you know need to feel like a big man or woman buy a gun that's what they say um okay i'm not saying that all gun owners are terrible people that's of course not true i am saying though that the obsession with firearms in this country is incredibly unhealthy and the justification of protecting freedom is pretty laughable to me, considering what we've seen for people who are have been go- so gung ho about gun ownership. Hunting, oh, okay, fine, but what what if the holder wants to hunt humans? You know, as of we're taping this, there was a mass shooting in Boise, Idaho today, four dead. Like, what the hell's going on here? There was there was, there was a mass shoot. I was in Minneapolis, Minnesota, St. Paul, Minnesota, just a couple days ago. Two days before I got there, there was a mass shooting a hundred yards from the hotel I was staying at. And it's a rich part of St. Paul. What oh. the hell is going on here? The drive-by. So it's like, what? We, we are a fucked up society when we feel this is all necessary and it's depressing as it is infuriating. So for me, and Glorified G always kind of had a bit of that um, sarcasm to it too, which kind of adds well, to yeah, the theory yeah. for me, obviously. Sure. Given the undertones with Dave and... Yeah, that whole Andy. backstory thing, which, which Dave has said is not entirely true, but... You know it's there, um, so I think that's 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 a song that needs to be on the list for me. Um, but again, I've been mentioning positive overtones to yeah. try and keep us from diving a little too deep in our negativity. And so I'm gonna end with Rearview Mirror. It's about escaping an abuser, right? But I I really feel like escaping to safety is the only way to end a playlist of songs like these. We need to end on some positivity, and, and finally the shades are raised. And we should feel sufficiently pissed off throughout this this whole this whole ordeal here, this whole playlist, or at least you know commiserate with the band if we already felt pissed off and exercise that uh, with them through the end of this song. If we do not release the negative energy, it won't come out in a healthy way. And if this playlist is taught as anything, it's to be the good in the world, not the abuser or the negativity in the world. So I'm trying to like live in in a in a, in a motif of, of fury and anger but try and have some sort of like resolution of positivity to to like to like fix that i, I don't know maybe it's just a optimistic on my part and i'm not usually an optimistic person so <laughs> that's that's my uh, that's my run through right there it's just under 30 minutes by the way i know it's a lot of songs it's uh go once why go whipping animal mind your manners 
do the evolution glorified G in rear view mirror. Paul, your thoughts. That is an album. It is uh, nine songs. Yeah, no, you know what I, what I like about it is that there's a common through line, a nice thread that hugs the fury and the rage that should define this compilation, but you have a lot of branches that splinter off and, and provide some provocative um, and, and engaging thought points on some extensions of these ideas. Uh, Things like escape, things like, uh, um, you know, uh, God, where am I going with this? Well, Uh, I I didn't want to just focus on the mood itself. I wanted to talk about, I wanted to find songs that, that explained why you might feel right. that you, way. You, you and wanted then, to mine a little deeper, whereas I be, really stuck with the surface. I, I just, I, 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 there were a lot of tracks that you had that for me, I disqualified because to me, I felt that the lyrical content, while the music supported it, the music, the, the, the lyrics seemed to deviate more into a different type of discussion. Mm. And I, I like the fact that you, you presented your argument the way that you did. I thought it was just a refreshing way because it would have been boring as all get out if we had virtually the same songs for the exact same reasons. Yeah, <laughs> I was curious about that. I know we'll have other playlist uh, episodes where it may not be um, as easy to be different, but uh, I want to try and be. I, I will mention a couple of songs that uh, didn't make the cut. Honorable mentions. Uh, you mentioned Jeremy. I had it on here. You mentioned Rival. I had it on my, my honorable mentions. I also had Green Disease. Oh. I had Half Full, I had Leash, Not For You, and Habit all kind of milling about, uh, trying to poke their heads in. But um, I left them off uh, mostly because of the time limit. But I think, uh, any, any songs for you that didn't make quite make the cut? No, because believe it or not, that I actually thought if this was going to be harder than it was. I found that the songs I landed on were, were more or less almost the only ones Minus one or two, maybe a couple of B-sides. I thought about Brother and a couple other tracks. But mm. for the most part, they, they pretty much fit comfortably in what had been a very narrow thematic narrative that I had produced for myself as far as parameters are concerned. So I kind of boxed myself into a corner on, per- on purpose, and it made figuring out what these songs should be a little easier for me. But <laughs> I did like the diversity here that the, despite all these songs sharing something in common in terms of rage and fury, the musical composition for a lot of these tracks take, for example, juxtaposing a song like uh, once with a song like rival. I mean, the, 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 yeah. the cadence, the tones, you know what I'm saying? The, I really thought about adding that one because of the content and the theme. I was like, Fuck. yeah, yeah. And I thought the same thing about Jeremy, but I was like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I could, I didn't know if the, if the music was really going to get me to a an angry place as much as it would be a sad place, mm-hmm. you know. But hey, it's easy to be angry about it as well. So there's no wrong answers. Uh, I'm curious. You, you know what song I'm I'm actually rather surprised neither one of us thought of. What's that? Porch. Yeah, I would say that probably lands in the sad category for me. Yeah, I, I don't think it fits comfortably here, but I can see an argument being made for oh, yeah. why it could easily work this way. I mean, so, songs that, that make you feel sad, obviously, could make you feel just as angry. I mean, yeah. I, that, that's, 
hell, you could have easily picked any number of songs in the first couple of albums, and they could have probably been shoehorned in somewhat easily. But I mean, Alive could have been on here. Yeah, it wasn't. There you go. Uh, Guys, let us know what you thought of our lists. And also, please uh, give us give us your playlist. What's your Rage and Fury playlist? Let us know on Facebook or Instagram. And uh, we will let you know what we think about what you think about us. Because we know that you know that we know about this playlist. Or something like that. I don't know. Let's go to our Lyric of the Week. Lyric of the Week this week. We're going back to Riot Act. And we're going with Half Full. Don't see something is half empty. See the half full of shit. Paul half full this is one of those songs that uh not been played very much especially outside of the riot act tour um kind of gets forgotten about i think i think people forget about the song um quite a bit but what Which, do you make it's somewhat of an indictment i mean you know mark twain once said a definition of a classic is something that demands to be reread yeah, the idea that we, we forget about a song like Half Full would, in theory, based on, on that context, suggest that it, it, it's half the song that it should be. <laughs> uh, hey, yeah, that I, said... I've always really ahead. liked it. Uh, as have I. I. I always thought it was just a cool, bluesy, uh, uh, aggressive song. I think it fits Riot Act perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, I love the reference to Porch with the lyric... Uh, you know, there's ain't going to be no middle anymore. It's been said before. And, you know, I just realized that that's there. <laughs> yeah. And, and God. That's, we referenced both of these songs. That's so this so is funny. Just, it was a perfect segue into this conversation. Yeah. I think that with a song like this, I'm just, I'm reading this online here. I, I didn't even know this, but the February 23rd, 20 or 2003 show in Perth, Australia, Eddie Vedder said, all right, this next song's off the last record and it's all about nature talking to you when you when you spend time in it, maybe when there's no other humans around, nature keeps you company and this is what it said to us. So it seems to be the type of song that fits in the, in the same box as a track like Retrograde in the sense that it's very much not a social commentary, but it's a, a, a policy commentary or a... a philosophical commentary on our place on this planet and how much of these resources we should actually deem truly worthy and entitled to. You look at this here, don't see some men as half empty, see them half full of shit. They're uh, thinking that we're all but slaves. There, there's ain't going to be no middle anymore. It's been said before the haves be having more yet still poor. So if this is the voice of nature, if nature's personified in the song, um, this, this idea that man cannot be trusted, humans cannot be trusted, that there really is no middle anymore. 
You know what I mean? It's just constant exploitation and just the the pooling of, of every non-renewable resource possible out of the earth to the point where there will be none of it left. And then we move on to the next thing. I mean, whether it be oil or, or natural gas or, or anything along those lines, just constantly just pulling and sucking and siphoning out of the planet, fracking. I mean, we could, we could sit here and talk oh, yeah. for an hour about fracking, yeah. but this, this troubling bluesy vibe seems to support the, the lamentation that the haves be having more yet are still bored. And I think that right there is the biggest issue is that we're constantly wanting and wanting and wanting, but never, ever, ever satiated. And, and until we can, we can start exploring that more and getting to the bottom of what it is about the ego. When I say ego, I don't mean in a proverbial, uh, you know, pop culture way. I mean like actual Freudian ego, this idea that there's, there's something within your psyche that wants and you, you don't know how to turn it off. You know what I mean? It's like, we're stuck in this adolescence as a society where we just have to want, 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 want. And we don't know how, to, because we want and want so much, we just can't ever have our needs met. And it gets to the point where you start to question how much, how much of what we have do we truly deserve first and foremost. Uh, and there's a whole conversation to be had about the disparity between those who have and those who have not and why some people are comfortable with that. What, what, what has to erode within you? What, what part of your humanity has to be compromised for you to be so comfortable having and yet be equally as comfortable looking at so many who have not and somehow arrive at the conclusion that it's their fault that that's the case. Uh, it's really easy to say, Hey, anybody can pull yourself up by the bootstraps and do this, but that's not the case across the world. Yeah. There are lots of countries that don't have the same advantages and to say, well, you know what, they should come here. Well, there's a lot of policy that doesn't make it very easy to come here. And it's, it's usually the same people that are telling you to pull your bootstraps up. Yeah. They're the same people voting for policy that literally prohibits you from pulling your bootstraps yeah. up. So I look, this is a bigger conversation that's obviously deviating away from the idea of nature. But if we bring it back home and you go all the way back to the early 20th century with Theodore Roosevelt and all the initiatives and policy put into place for conservation and, and trying to protect uh, forests and, and the beautiful pastoral glory that is the American landscape. Um, I just can't help but think that we've, we've reached a point where we want more and more and more and nothing is sacred anymore. I mean, when we're talking about sacred Native American land and we're building condominiums and, and you know, carving presidential faces on the rock faces <laughs> almost as, as a big bird middle finger to, to, to the people who once called that land sacred giant oil at, pipelines through the yeah I mean, I mean at, at some point it's just at, if nothing else it's just isn't this a conversation at least worth having you know what i mean i'm not trying to push an agenda or or a political point or a position here i just think it's a talk and a discussion that has merit and and it's something that is worth talking about and it's just hard to watch. And, and if you don't think it's hard to watch, then go check out the video for retrograde and you'll get a keen idea of, of, of why it's hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I love the angle you took there with, with the nature thing coming off of uh, Eddie's comment in Perth. Mm. Um, you kind of uh, dovetailed into kind of where I was coming from, which is a, for lack for, if you get, if I summarize it in two words, it'd be wealth gap. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I kind of mentioned this when talking about do the evolution. And uh, I mean, aren't we sick of being lied to by people who simply want to reverse Robin Hood us? That's how it feels like to me. <laughs> reverse Robin Hood. <laughs> I mean, we, we eat up these lies. We, we as a country, I mean, of course, many of us see it and make choices that are the least bad considering the options in front of us. But even then, are we really making enough of a change? You know, we're, we're, we're being split apart. More, more and more binary choices. No middle anymore. There's no middle class anymore. There's no middle way of thinking anymore. It's black. It's white. It's rich and poor. And that's all that there is. And, and it's, it's, it's infuriating. It's sad. And yet money can't buy them happiness. Hence that last line, yet still bored. They keep accumulating the wealth, as you said, buying nice things. But are they any happier than the poor they're stealing from? Clearly not, because they're getting, they're trying, they don't learn their lessons. They're trying to get, gain more and more and more while blaming those that they're stealing from through policy, really, because it's all, it's all legal, legal larceny. You know, and the, and the worst part is the line, it's been said before. Mm-hmm. We're still, 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 <laughs> we're still dealing with this decades later. The tiniest changes as time goes on. Um, I mean, they're, they're hard to notice sometimes. And I guess it takes a while to turn a giant ship around. But to do so, you know, while some people are trying to make the ship sink is even harder. Yeah, and it's it's really. I always, you know, I I've joked before about how certain fans will will, and this is of any song, will kind of chuckle or smile when a swear word is said in a song. Oh my god, salty language! So when I heard "Don't see the cement have empty half seem half full of shit," I I did crack a smile, but it's because it's a clever wordplay. Half empty, half full. Yeah, they're half full of shit. Oh, that was kind of clever in a, in a somewhat um, juvenile way, but I like it because you're 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 pissed off enough about the situation and the and the haves and the have-nots and that that yeah. that, that gap. That's like you know what I'm I'm going to make that kind of snart a snarky little comment a snide remark because that that's what they deserve. You know, uh, it's it's a I always found this infuriating. This album always. This album kind of um, came about at the same time I was really starting to wrap my head around um, local, not local, but like domestic economics, and and with with Bush's administration here in America, and really kind of, you know, the the hypocrisy of let's call these taxes for the rich, but then we're also going to blow a massive gap in the budget by not paying for this war that we're just going to start for stupid reasons and you know you if you do some digging you start to think okay well this didn't start here this kind of started in 1980 um if not earlier than that but really the modern version of it and it just makes you angry and angry the more you dig and so coming back to this song and seeing it live in person you're like fucking hell it's 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 infuriating which is why it was on my shortlist for um for that playlist thanks I can understand why. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and take a listen to our live cut of the week. Ready to stand up! Hey, 
live card of the week, half full. I alluded to it a moment ago. Where are we going? We're going. Uh, where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> we are heading to a place that you know well, Holmdale. Ooh. July 14th. 2003. I was there. there. You were there. Yes, I was. You were there. I have the t-shirt to Uh, prove it. That's outstanding. And the reason that we're going there uh, is twofold. Number one, that this song is just such a like brooding brawny, just like great old school blues rocker as Seattle weekly uh, coined it. And uh, I feel as though this particular performance just seemed to, resonate with that uh the the recording of the track and the mixing all of it just seems to kind of have that the only other performance of the song that i think does that equally as well if not arguably more so depending on on your your affinity for the sound quality of it is uh, the live on easy street track but Mm -hmm. i think that's 06 if i'm if i'm not mistaken so if i had to, to keep it to the tour I would say this version here is is by far the best. It's very well executed. And, and I think execution and timing are key in a blues song. Uh, it's really, really key. Sometimes it's it's the notes that you hold. They have just as much gravity with those pregnant pauses as the ones that you, you unleash. And there are moments in Half Full where, where you have these full stops and then these eruptions. And it just comes out really, really well here. So I would say that uh, this particular version stands up well, uh, I believe the uh, this doesn't always correlate for me, but every once in a while we'll have the occasional overlap. Uh, the Green Habit compilation mm-hmm. I think also has this one as as their favorite version of this track as well. Uh, and so, if you're looking for an alternative version for me, check out Live on Easy Street. Equally amazing. All right, let's head to Holmdel, New Jersey, on July 14th, 2003. <laughs>
this was all a part of a show that was the last of the U.S. tour, a long tour. And they basically did the main set in chronological order, starting with Wash and working uh, to Half Full and Save You from the latest record at the time. And they, they ended with, with Porsche just because you got in the main set with Porsche. But it was all chronological. They basically did two songs from every album up to that point. Really interesting. And we start, mm-hmm. we noticed it like four or five songs. I'm like, wait a minute, this is all going chronologically. Um, I love how this one starts. I really, there's a little extra sauce on that opening solo. It's really, really cool. And we just spoke about uh, the, the lyrics and, and I, I love them in this waltz format, but the real star here is Mike. It's all about Mike. He is us, the have nots screaming and yelling in frustration through his guitar. I love the bridge. I think Stone is nice and subdued in his playing with Matt kind of hitting that ride cymbal. And it, it lulls you down before we get into that, that kind of growling, kind of lurching outro where you get Ed's vocals as they head into the outro. Kind of, I can still remember Ed reflecting um, a spotlight off of his guitar into the crowd. He, he put on a bass on his head and reflect that spotlight and kind of just shine it on some of those have-nots that are among us at the show yeah. up in the rafters and then down below and back up again. Those were, I always remember that um, putting a spotlight on, on, on us, uh, which I thought was a cool kind of um, uh, other side of the coin of this song uh, with yeah. this performance. And then Mike's outro solo. It's just scathing. <laughs> Matt's going nuts behind him. What, and what an ending. What an ending. And I just, I, I agree. This is a fantastic performance. Uh, it brought me back to yeah. sitting, uh, I think I was in like the third or fourth to last row of the seating portion of the amphitheater. Truly a have um, not, Jason. Yeah, I was definitely. Um, I mean, well, I wasn't in the lawn, but I wasn't down below. And um, I don't think it was the only show that did, did this, but um, I didn't, I don't know how many other shows that did this. They actually left um, shirts on the backs of all the chairs in the seated area. And uh-huh. it was, it was free. You just you walk over and there it is kind of like a, you know, a terrible towel at a playoff game. And, um, it was basically a a mimic of the Michael Schenker group album cover that said uh, MSG on it. Instead, it said MMC with a flying V in the middle in uh. all white. Uh, I still have that 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 um, that T-shirt, and I don't know how many exist. Maybe a few thousand. Not sure, but uh, I'll always remember this show, and I do have the poster still. It's framed, so. That's going to go on the wall as soon as I get a room that can uh, afford the space. There you go. <laughs> there you go, gang. Um, the Fury, the Rage and Fury playlist. What do you What do you think? What do you think of our, our thoughts on Half Full? Let us know. Um, I said at the very top in a pre-recorded message, get on your social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Give us a follow. Um, get on the old platform of choice for your, for, your, uh, for your pods there and give us a like. Feed the algorithm! what that angry man said yeah angry in the spirit of this podcast you have not yet subscribed if you have then we're just angry at something else you haven't done yet (laughs) no no i'm just kidding we love you uh you know what next week we will have that guest i promised you two pods ago that we'd have a guest he's coming well i gave it away it's a he it's a he well he is coming next episode to talk about an album that we haven't talked about in a little while here and um, it might be me, it might be you, it might be us against each other. Could, we could be together, but we could be, you know, 
just like the Braves and the Astros are playing against each other. I don't know where I'm going with this. This is a Neither terrible metaphor. <laughs> I'm trying to dance around it. Uh, well, we're going to talk about verses next week. And uh, until we do, you've been listening to The State of Love and Trust. Yeah.